Hey, my name is Elisa Kay, and I'm here to teach you how to rise above the noise and say yes to owning an unforgettable, impact-making business. On this podcast, you'll learn how to harness the power of your unique story and use magnetic marketing tools so that you can confidently own your place in your industry. Get ready to transform your marketing to reach more people and finally feel authentically you online. It's time to grow your business with purpose. This is the Own Your Message podcast. Welcome to the Modern Coach Podcast, and this is episode two, where we'll talk about that fuck that shit moment that made me a coach. Hey, my name is Elisa Kay, and you're about to learn the new way that coaches are building thriving businesses online by rising out from the shadows, owning who they are, and finally understanding the business of coaching. Get ready, because this is where we shed the old age thinking of coaches everywhere and say yes to owning a happy, healthy business that not only impacts people everywhere, but gives you the freedom to do what you want, when you want. This is the Modern Coach Podcast. Hello and welcome back. So today I am going to break down the case study that will show you exactly how to know if you are ready, if you're ready, ready, ready to give up the nine to five, if you're ready to give up the part of your business that is sucking your soul dry, if you are ready to become a modern coach. So let's get this party started. So I want to take you back. I want to take you back to this moment in time. I want to say it was a good six, seven years ago now. And I was on a plane. I was on a long, long ass plane going to Bali. I had this vision all of the year. My uh, good childhood friend, she is Ukrainian designer and she is super talented. We actually went to school together for year one and she used to send me these little letters when I first moved to England. And we, she was one of my oldest friends. We stayed in touch basically because she persevered and just never stopped, never stopped sending me letters, right? And when the internet came to be, um, we started speaking on Skype and, you know, later Zoom and all the things. So her name is Lyra and we decided to spend New Year's Eve together. And she was saying to me like, hey, we're, we're traveling, you know, we've just started the design company and we'll be working, but, but for New Year's, we're going to be in Bali. And I never really, I didn't really know too much about Bali, to be honest. I know it's it's like the thing in the spiritual world, but for me, I'd never really done much research about it. So even though I'd, I've, I've traveled all over the place, this was a whole new experience for me. And I was really, really excited. I was like, oh my God, it has yoga, it has spas, it has surfing, like it has everything I could ever want. So we um, banded together, we rented this huge mansion in Bali, and a bunch of our, you know, her friends, a bunch of our old acquaintances, a bunch of, of like, people from, from all over the world came to be in this house, and I was on this plane, and it was, I, I believe it was 31 hours off the top of my head, but I can't, can't confirm or deny that. I was on this plane, and I literally worked every single minute of that journey. I remember I was sending emails, I was faffing around with 
Excel. I had to like create some reports. And it was at that moment in time, I was managing a tutoring agency. And I just, I was hating every moment of it. I got into this sphere primarily because my, um, in my undergraduate degree, my Shakespeare lecturer was the owner of a tutoring company. And he said to me, um, he was basically recruiting using our university, saying to students like, hey, do you want to make, you know, 10 pounds an hour being a tutor? And I said to him, mm, no, I've never wanted to be a teacher, but I did like look up your company and I see that you're looking for an account manager. Do you want to give me a chance? Like I speak Russian, I speak Ukrainian, I can help you with this, this and this. And I sort of sold him on me. And that's how I ended up in this tutoring industry, working for um, this this niche boutique company and you know they they gave me a shot and they taught me everything I knew and I ended up developing you know my own sense of tutoring style and, and then I ended up going out on my own and you know developing my own storytelling methodology and yada 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 but that was my big foray into the tutoring industry and how I started was really by sheer luck and I never I first of all never wanted to be a teacher. You know, it's really funny now, actually. I always tell all my clients, like, you are a publishing house, essentially. You as a you as a coach, you as a business owner, you've chosen to be a publishing house because you are creating content every single day. You're publishing stuff online, which means that even if you didn't mean to be, that is what you are. You're creating the content, you're you're doing the do's, you're showing up, you're essentially publishing your stuff every single day. And you know, a lot of the content that I teach is very much teaching, right? <laughs> it's even like the content that I teach, right? The clues, the, the clues in the name, it's teaching content. So the irony of this is, is that I always maintain, I didn't want to be a teacher. I didn't do my, you know, my whatever English degree and my master's. I didn't want to use it to teach. And uh, joke's on me because that's what I've ended up doing <laughs> and finding my passion and teaching a slightly different clientele. But really like the tutoring business was a money-making venture for me. I loved my, my students. They were great. They were like little rascals, but I was good at what I was doing because I was not emotionally attached to them. And I think a lot of a lot of teachers are emotionally attached to their students. So that's totally fine. I was able to sort of do that separation. It really was just a, a profitable venture for me. And it was, you know, I was making more than I was working in a shop. So it made sense to me to tutor a few nights a week. And the business you know, the business that I ended up developing grew from that. It grew from me sort of doing, you know, hourly work, then the monthly work, and then, you know, doing placements, traveling around the world. That's what I used to do. I used to be a traveling tutor where essentially my job was to go away with families and teach their kids in off hours. So one of my students was preparing to, to go into the Olympics or to, to be qualified for the Olympics. So our tutoring schedule, like I would literally get up at 4 a.m., do do a few hours of work with him, then he would go training, then we would come back, he would have lunch, we would do some more work. So it's not, I'm not really like being a school teacher. I'm literally preparing these students for specific exams to get into specific schools around the world. And that was my job for quite a long time. I think I started when I was 18, 19 years old, and I ended up doing it until my, you know, mid, mid-20s. So I was sort of, even though I was a young 
tutor. I was still a veteran in the industry and I ended up knowing quite a lot of it about it because I ended up managing a lot of those clients and I ended up managing, you know, 15 tutors and managing the accounts and, and helping businesses develop in that way. Plus, you know, I'm always, as an entrepreneur, I was always looking for opportunities to make more money. So, you know, when opportunities arose to go and teach in schools, to go and teach storytelling, to go and have a talk, to go and, you know, I developed my own YA program, like YA reading program, because I just loved reading, right? So it made sense for me to monetize that. And I think, you know, as a modern coach, you, you'll see this, that in your life, a lot of my clients have the same like entrepreneurial bug where they have monetized their skills in a variety of different ways. And I think that for me, the tutoring was very much that. It was me monetizing the, the aspects of teaching, reading, writing that I really enjoyed. And it was a profitable venture. You know, I ended up giving my parents money to buy a house. I ended up traveling the world. I ended up buying a bunch of, you know, designer stuff that I could never, ever afford as a child, you know, like we, we would be living paycheck to paycheck. And a lot of the time I, I have this like very vivid memory of my mom telling me I can't, I can't have the spy kit <laughs> extravaganza in a TK Maxx or a TJ Maxx if you're in America. I have this like very vivid memory of her telling me, no, we can't afford that. And I, and I remember like, going into my first, you know, foray and starting working, you know, the, I think my birthday is in July on the 1st of August, like end of July. So on the 1st of August, I had a job when I turned 16 and I was like ready. Like I, I was not going to be the broke student. And in fact, all of my friends will tell you that I've always had something happening. You know, when, when the internet started to become a thing, my first ever monetization on the internet was monetizing presets for Twilight fans. <laughs> so on LiveJournal and then on Tumblr, I used to sell these like presets where people could make Edward and Bella graphics. What a deep cut. I didn't even know I was going to tell you guys about this, but I've always had this habit, I guess, of monetizing whatever it is that I'm interested in. And I think that a lot of us coaches coach for free. We have, like, it's an innate skill that even if it hasn't been honed, it flourishes. And it, you know, sometimes drains us. A lot of coaches I work with, they're, em they're empaths and they don't really know how to control it. A lot of the people that I, you know, service providers that I work with, they do free coaching as part of their services and think it's fine. Um, a lot of the people I've worked with in the past they have a really great, good heart. You know, they, they have a heart of gold that they are, and they don't recognize that those coaching skills are what makes them so special and they're not monetizing those skills because they come so easily. And how many of us think that we have to make everything hard in order for it to be worth it, right? So that was really my story for a long time, that anything that came easily to me was not worth monetizing and everything that, that came harder was like, you know, in order to make money, I had to work hard. You know, you know, I had to be up for 31 plus hours on that plane, finishing off all the reports, doing an extra bit of work, yada, yada, yada. So back to the plane, I was flying to Bali and I was going to have a proper eight nights off. And of course, the day before I was going to leave, something happened at work and it was so just stressful. I was managing these 16 or 17 tutors and they were 
uh, everything was blowing up and you know I couldn't leave it I, I just couldn't switch off because I had to be the person I was saving you know like the company and I had to go into action and I remember there was this one moment I was you know I was on this plane and I was thinking to myself this is really not relaxing. This is not like, this does not, this is not a good omen for a relaxing holiday. But then obviously I squashed it down and, you know, I had, had another fizzy drink um, to like get the caffeine up and I carried on working and I got to Bali. I had a nap in the taxi bag. We got to the house and I met everyone and everyone was so happy to see me. I hadn't seen them in such a long time. And, you know, if you have international friends, you know, like that, that fuzzy feeling in your heart when you see someone you haven't seen for so long. And it was just lovely to be in the company of friends who also understood they also were all like working people. So we ended up renting these bikes and going to a nearby beach. And I was so excited. I was like, ah, oh, the ocean is here where, you know, it's hot, it's humid. It's like everything I've ever wanted and more. And we we got these blankets and we we put them down and... I don't remember anything after that because I was knocked out. I totally, like, I passed out not having slept on this plane, having had all of the stressful months and months of just overworking, overcommitting, just over saying yes to every single contract, to every single client that came my way. My friends couldn't wake me up to the point where, like, they had to cover me with uh, this sort of thin scarf over the top of me because they just couldn't shake me awake and you know they were like we were literally trying to shake you away for five minutes but you were just dead to the world and bless them they you know they went swimming and they did the things while I was asleep and it, it took them a few hours to actually wake me up and I woke up with sunburn like not only sunburn but I ended up having like heat stroke because I was so just out of it and they couldn't wake me up so this was like the 29th of December so this is like a, right before New Year's as well so and I had this vision that I was going to learn how to surf in two days and I was going to surf into the new year and knew me I was going to work less I was going to make more it was all going to be magical and you know jokes on me because I ended up having really really severe heat stroke and really really I was very unwell that whole evening but I sort of tried to sleep it off the next day we went to this, I think it's called the monkey beach, where these monkeys, like wild monkeys, are, are running around this beach. And of course, in the morning, I'm over there, like checking my emails. I don't even remember what the situation is. Isn't it funny? It felt like it was consuming my whole life at the time. But it, I was sort of doing a little bit of work while also being horrendously sick. And, I, you know, everyone was asking me, like, are you sure you don't want to stay home? I was like, no, I made plans. I said I was going to surf into this new year. I'm going to surf into the new year. Everything will be fine. So I end up going to this monkey beach with everyone and everyone is surfing. But I just feel so horrendously ill. And, I, you know, the, the instructor is showing us how to, like, balance on the surfboard. And I, all I want to do is just crawl into a hole and just feel better because this heat stroke is just affecting me so badly. And, you know, I get into this 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 taxi and I end up going home because I'm just so unwell. And I think at that moment, when I was on this monkey beach, just feeling so, so, so terrible, I remember thinking to myself, fuck this bullshit. No more. Why am I killing myself? Like, is this all there is to life? Is this all there is to this existence where I can't even relax for a day because I'm so tired and I'm falling asleep? Like, I'm literally blacking out on a beach 
and having developing heat stroke. Like, there has to be more to life than this. There has to be more to this existence than just 24-7 work, not seeing friends, not seeing family. Like, where is this freedom that they keep promising me? Like, there, there is no freedom in what I'm doing right now. And I remember having this moment, like this line in the set moment where I was like, I'm going to come back home and I'm going to change. I'm going to just change my life. Like, no more. I'm, you know, in my early 20s. This, <laughs> this is, why do I feel like I've lived through lifetimes of just hard work and hustle? And I really had this hustle hangover from doing all the do's. And I think that that moment really made me start to question, like, why am I doing this? Who am I doing this for? And like, this need and desire to earn a lot of money in order to not have the level of poverty that we had when I was a child, is it actually worth it? And is it actually worth me jeopardizing my health, jeopardizing my sanity, and jeopardizing everything that I am to do to do this? And it was at that moment I decided to have a quarter life crisis and I decided to go and do another degree and that didn't really pan out. But the short of it is, is that you know, I was on this beach and I was still living on the terms of everyone around me. Even the decision to like, okay, I'm going to fix my business and I'm going to figure out how I can make this more of a freedom-based activity. That was a huge win. But the old age thinking that kept me back was, oh my God, I can't go into the business world because people will judge me. So let me just do like an extra law degree so that my parents can say that they have a lawyer in the family. And I think so many of us have like our aha moment breakthrough in the worst circumstances when everything looks bleak whenever when our health is at its lowest right and then instead of doing the things that we promised ourselves that we would do like I sort of I made a contract with myself on said monkey beach but I ended up voiding that contract in order to pursue a future that I didn't even want you know in order to appease people that actually probably wouldn't be appeased. I know for a fact that my mum just wants me to be happy. And I'm sure that your mum wants you to be happy too, whoever it is for you, right? And I think when we're looking for validation from outside of ourselves, that's when we get into this danger zone of going into and doing the things that we don't want to do. So for me, it looked like, okay, how can I shed, you know, the contractual obligations with people who are treating me like an employee? How can I reshape my understanding with my clients? How can I go forward and how can I develop? And this is where, by the way, this is exactly the point at which I started becoming more interested in digital marketing because everything up until that point was word of mouth or very traditional work as then I would work with agencies that would give me clients and that was that. And I was like, well, there has to be a better way. Like I've sold things online before cut back to Twilight Presets on LiveJournal, <laughs> um, that I could, pro I could probably do that. Like, I could probably figure out how to have this business online. And, you know, for a lot of us, when we understand that, oh, wow, like the circumstances that we've created in our lives are very much dictated by everyone around us. Who am I living for? You know, and, and as I was sat there on this monkey beach, feeling like literal death, like, oh my god, I feel so ill. And if you've ever had heat stroke, it's like the worst thing, because it feels like someone has li is literally hitting you over the head over and over and over again. At least that was my experience of it. 
And I was, and I just remember thinking to myself, like, there has to be more to this, there has to be more to this, and, like, that has to be more to this exploration really led me down this path of, like, copywriting, of marketing, of reading all of those interesting books, of actually, like, becoming obsessed with persuasion, understanding that, oh, wow, like, I've been coaching kids all my life. (laughs) The thing that made me an amazing tutor and the thing that made me have a 100% success rate with all of my students, they eventually got into the schools that they want to get into, um, even if they had to have, like, a six, you know, whatever, there's, like, half-term exams, yada, yada, yada. Like, the, the thing that made me be an amazing tutor was the fact that I coached my students to seeing themselves in those places. I coached them into seeing their future. I coached them into wanting to pass those exams. Even when, you know, wanting to pass those exams, particularly when it, what they were doing is essentially, you know, saying, was essentially living out their parents' dreams. And I think a lot of, a lot of like, uh, tutoring, right and and management of families and management of, of that it very much is maintaining those expectations of those parents who ultimately just want the best for their kids and i think the thing that made me a great copywriter was understanding the basic human needs and having worked with so many different levels of client from like the uber like people who have more money than they know what to do with to people who don't and understanding them fundamentally their needs are basically the same And I think that having that knowledge made me a much better copywriter and therefore has made me a much better coach, right? And it's this past life experience that I think you bring to the table that is going to make you be the best at coaching that you can be. Like, I don't know of any other coach who has had that wealth of experience. I don't know of any other coach that has been able to get kids into top schools around the world, has worked with different levels of, like, very, very incredibly wealthy clients and has had, you know, an emotional breakdown and a quarter-life crisis and all of the other things that I've just shared with you. Like, that's what makes me have that unique perspective for my specific clients. Like, couple that with generational stuff, with being an immigrant and everything else that comes along with it. I think you get, you know, a special magic and a special source that only specific clients will benefit from, right? And I think that you as a person, even when you, your life feels boring and dull and, like, these are sort of the, the high and the low lights, you have that same level of experience and wealth even if it doesn't feel like it, you know? So I think that's where the magic happens. And I, you know, that fuck this bullshit moment, this, you know, the the knowing and the, and the line in the sand that I'm going to go back home and I'm not going to create the same circumstances. I'm not going to settle for doing the things that I'm currently doing I'm not going to go back to how things were that was such a pivotal and an emotional moment for me because I feel like that was the moment where I actually started to listen to my inner coach and I actually started to listen to my own voice and to my own needs and how many of us put our needs on the back burner how many of us put ourselves last How many of us think about everyone else around us and then start to think about what actually it is that we want? And to be frank, it took me a few years to really fully own who I am, who I'm living for, and really live for myself and not care about what anyone else thinks and really own that that special magic. As one of my coaches says, you're fucking welcome. Your name's Sarah Dan and I would 100% uh, recommend you go check her out. 
but you know like that your fucking welcome energy and when Sarah said that I sort of started laughing like oh my god like that is really what I've been doing over the last few years is just just saying fuck all of your expectations I'm gonna do what the fuck I want to do and I'm gonna coach the way that I want to coach and like your 10 boring ass questions that you're giving to all of these life coaches right who don't have any experience whatsoever who think they can just make six figures from burning a money candle and not talking to anyone ever like fuck all of that noise I'm gonna do things differently I'm here on purpose and I'm here to to gift people with um, you know my wealth of knowledge I'm here to not only be a vessel and not only to discover like the hidden depths of who I am but also to support other women into actually creating their reality because again I think the 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 very best thing about our industry is that we can do whatever the fuck we want we can wake up at noon we don't have to have you know the same limitations that nine to five people have and isn't that the most glorious free thinking freedom creating thing ever you can literally make money while you sleep and that's you know that's never ever been the case for anyone like I can't imagine my mom in Soviet Ukraine having these same opportunities that was not the case when she grew up and how many of our parents like you know had the same circumstances we can do things differently for the future generations for our kids for our families for everyone and I think that that's what really like the boomer generation doesn't understand is that a lot of younger people, younger generations, right? I hear this all the time, particularly my grandma. I love my grandmother. She's there's like a whole episode in itself is my grandmother's wealth of experience and the many lives that she's led. But my grandma will say things like, well, you just don't understand. We would have never had this, this and this opportunity. We would have never had this, this and this. And I think that it's so fascinating to consider the fact that your fuck this bullshit moment can be five years ago, six years ago, seven years ago, it can be tomorrow, it can be right now. You get to decide where your line is. You get to decide the day that you get to create your dream life. Like the circumstances that you're sitting in today don't have to be your story. And I think that in this moment, in this world that we live in today, at this time, that statement has never been more true. And that, to me, is the most exciting aspect of our industry. The fact that you get to decide, you get to choose who you get to show up as every single day. And that in itself is the most freeing thing, I think, about being a coach. Are you stuck in a loop of cookie cutter content feeling like you can't find your voice or the confidence to show up authentically? Good news, Magnetic Mavens is here to help you be unforgettable. Our membership will get you to break free from the monotony of copycat content and find your unique power story. In this membership, you'll create a consistent writing habit to stay ahead of your content creation and take back control of your plan without any of the overwhelm. It's time to leave the bland and boring content behind and own your message with integrity and fun. Join the Magnetic Mavens today. Head to alisa-k.com forward slash magnetic to register right now.